Welcome to Hometown Glory, your Spurs and Culture podcast. I'm Rosa and today I have Billy and Tom with me. On Wednesday night, Tottenham beat Brentford 3-2 and behind that scoreline is a story of some excellent performances, some calamitous ones, sometimes from the same player, a bit of pantomime villain nonsense, a dart subplot and a truly horrible last 10 minutes. Really, it was a game of one half and two quarters Right, Billy. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was like a. It was like a good eight minutes. I reckon that was like the end, the time I enjoyed it, and then the rest was like superseded by Tottenham just being absolutely Tottenham. And the last ten minutes last night, I feel like it's aged me like another good five or ten years, which I could really do without at the moment, to be honest, because um, I'm getting old in my own self. And um, life is just hard, like, man. It is really hard. We like, need those years thing- back. The last thing I need is a 97-minute corner um, and it's 3-2. Um, and I really did not enjoy that last 10 minutes at all. I was just admitting this to you off off air. Um, I, like, turned it off the last five minutes because I just I couldn't handle it. I was like, oh, I don't, if, 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 we've, if we've conceded in the last minute, I will hear about it via everybody else. I don't need to see it happening on my screen. Because the other thing that happened to me was I missed all of our goals. Because Ollie was at the game, so I was dealing with the kids, and I managed to sort of organise it. So I saw the first half, and then like the last twenty minutes, and the only bit I missed was the really fun <laughs> bit. It's like a blink, blink, and you miss those eight minutes. Yeah, and, um, basically. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I I wasn't at the game for, because um, well, I just had I had work, and the seven thirty kickoff just ruined it for me. Like I couldn't get there in time, and um, I do what I normally do, which is I got the game on and I go to the toilet and I shut the door of the toilet and I put my fingers in my ears when there's a corner and I just I just like walk out like three th- I count to like three minutes in my head and walk out and just pray that there's like no goal and uh, usually I, I have come back from that a few times where I've come out and it's like 2-1 it's like oh god's sake but um, that's I, um, my usual method for watching at home I love that I feel like we need to know like other people's methods for dealing with like horrifically scary moments in football games Tom, you were there, were you not? I was there. Yeah, I had a nice pizza in True Craft first. So oh, very nice. Shout that out first. And then, yeah, that first half was horrible, wasn't it? It was um, were some of the worst football we've played under Ange, although I would say Brentford just massively got under our skin mm-hmm. and got the ref on side as well because the, the ref was fairly appalling and even the linesman on our side was 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 pretty bad um uh yeah and then yeah there was a fun 15 20 minutes and then like billy said he didn't enjoy the last 10 minutes i don't think i enjoyed the last 20 what was it 28 minutes or something when they when they scored their second brentford i just couldn't believe how long was left um clearly yeah we, we i think before we still played fairly well when we were when it was 3-2 but yeah, those corners. I genuinely was just looking at my feet during during those corners, um, not able to to watch the game. So yeah, a m- massive win though. Ma- obviously, massive three points with, um, especially with Villa dropping points the night before. 
and Arsenal winning again. So we're still only three points off them. So yeah, yeah, huge, huge win. And, you know, they they were tough to play against, at least at, particularly in that first half. Yeah, and do you know what? When you when you say about in the first half, they rattled us. You know what? I'm so sick of those. It's like random teams having like a thing with us. Like, what have we ever done to Brentford? Like, they're just they're like nobodies basically. They're like it's not really a London derby because we're um, there's no real geographical closeness between Tottenham and Brentford. Like, there's no history of rivalry. Like, why are there players just randomly got it in for us from like minute one? And why are they doing like Madison celebrations? Like, uh, we have no what history is that about, here. We, actually, like, I, just, I don't know right. why it happens. That was right in front of me in the in the south stand, and we all just looked at each other like, "What the fuck? Why? Why are they doing Madison's celebration? Is there beef?" And also, does he realise it's fifteen minutes into the game? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. If you're scoring a ninety eighth minute winner, and you're like, "Oh fuck it, let's do Madison's celebration. Let's troll them," because um, he also did it right, like didn't make any effort to celebrate with the Brentford fans. Just stood right in front of our our fans and did that stupid dart thing. Um, I just love that it came back to bite him. And I could see, I know the TV cameras picked it up a bit, but him and Madison were just giving each other so much shit. It was brilliant. The thing that's so... Oh, sorry, Bill, you go. Yeah, I just don't know where this like comes from. Like it's this weird thing like Tottenham. We have like this aura where just people just like... We just have like these random little rivalries between people, clubs that really shouldn't matter. And the, I think the disappointing thing was we let it get to us, which we really shouldn't have done. Mm. And I know Ange afterwards was pretty annoyed at that because his quotes are really good. He's talking about like UFC cage fights and stuff. But um, we did, we did. I know it was like we did manage to get one over him on the end, but we did really let it rattle us. The first half, we were just like it really got into our heads, which is actually a little bit disappointing, I guess. Is it just this sort of this generation of football players now have like? grown up with social media so they're also like a weird banter generation do you know what i mean whereas previously footballers just kind of didn't know the sort of nonsense that was going on online and now they all like they've been living it since they were like 10 i guess and i think it's those moments that kind of get memed and get shared on all these aggregator accounts like right so they know they're part they're almost like playing a part yeah, so the, like, the Madison thing has become a thing and him being at, um, was it Ali Pali? Him being at like the darts became a thing. Um, but also he should have, Morpai should have realised that Saka did it and it came back to bite him. <laughs> yeah, and, like twice. Yeah. <laughs> and immediately as well. Like yeah. um, immediately. So yeah, that that but that first 15 minutes of the second half was incredibly sweet and exci- like exciting in the ground, obviously. So what happens? Because from my perspective, right, I leave having like experienced low block counterattack hell, right? And we're one nil down. Then I come back and then it's kind of more stress, but sort of more chaotic stress. And then and then I watch the goals back. And it seems like our goals came from from our counterattacks. So did Brentford just kind of sort of weirdly go to pieces a bit, or was it just Ange making like amazing substitutions because obviously he took off Benzikor and Skip and brought on Brennan and Hoybier and shifted things around. But it just seemed like like suddenly they were playing like a completely different tactical game. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of like they basically just kept it simple and were like, just get the ball to Timo Werner really, really quickly mm-hmm. and then do that like three times and score. And um, Which is beautiful really to witness, man. Yeah, and we mentioned it in the Man City game. Like, people... 
just not passing to Werner enough. Like he makes these runs all day. Yeah. And, like, it's frustrating the amount they don't pass to him. And both of our goals were basically just like, okay, let's just start from the centre, get the ball to Werner really, really quickly and score. And then we did it again like 30 seconds later. Um, yeah, it was weird because it was like a tactical shift, but it was just basically just like, keep it simple, get it to Werner, Werner will beat his man and put a cross in. That was basically it. Um, and it was really, I, yeah, I was, I know we'll probably talk about this a bit more later, but um, I was really impressed with Werner, to be honest. I know he was wasted a bit of opportunities in the first half, but he's just like so lethal on the left. He's like, a real perfect system player for this system, I think, and you can see why we we wanted him, just because he's like so good at making that one particular Ange ball run, and I think he's going to be really deadly there for us this season. It's also thrilling yeah. to watch, I think. Yeah, yeah. That first, like, the, it immediately got the crowd going. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, those first ten minutes of the second half after a really like frustrating and drab first half. Uh, and Werner, the crowd loved Werner in that in that second half. I thought that yeah, the wingers were very frustrating in that first half. Madison was also not really at it, not at full speed. And he gets he's had a hell of a lot of praise on this podcast, but uh Bentoncourt was pretty bad as well. Mm. I think I think it's fair to say. Um, so I was kind of surprised when it was Bentoncourt that came off. Yeah, yeah do we think, think Bentoncourt's that- just knackered? <clears throat> Yeah, I think there's a, a bit of rust with all the the injured players, to be honest, like Madison and Bentoncourt. I think they're still um, feeling the long-term effects of that injury. I think it's just a case of a lot of those players that played together last night, it's like the first time a few of them, obviously it's the very first time Bentoncourt and Madison have ever played together. And um, I think it's just a bit of rust around the edges of some of the players that have come back from injury, and I think that will come with time. And Mad has even talked about it, didn't he, in his post-match interview, where he said it's it's that sort of chemistry and and kind of working out what the other players are doing. If you just haven't, if you literally just haven't been on the pitch with them for so long and he got, a ch- and obviously I guess Benson Court kind of didn't get a chance to work his way in because we actually just, we sort of needed someone just to come in and do the Pierre job of just kind of calming things down and giving, and I suppose then giving Madison a bit more freedom to work things out. But He did really well, didn't he, Pierre? And yeah. uh, I don't really get why he has so many de- Tractors um, among Spurs fans, like he's obviously not perfectly suited to to Ange Ball, but when he's played this season, he's been um, so good. And also, I think like Kulu going centrally, what like was a, was perfect as well because him and Madison could kind of link. And then Kulu was still kind of heading out wide at times, but he could be way more fluid. Mm. Yeah, and um, Kulisewski had a, an absolutely terrible first half. He was like, <laughs> a, like comically bad. Like, I haven't seen. I know he he has that in him sometimes. He's been a brilliant player overall this season. But I I remember tweeting it that like I tweeted on like forty minutes that um, he's not having his usual game today. And after I tweeted it, he gave the ball away like three times in one minute. And I was like, this is just like a generationally bad uh, Kulisewski game today. And then I think I don't know. I don't know. I think he's just like. Maybe he's just more of a central player at the moment, and maybe he's just that's in his head at the moment because he was he was he was terrible in the first half on the right. He says he's still been a bit ill. I think I don't know if that's. I'm I'm sure I'm sure like I heard him. Uh, there was like something going around that he that he was actually kind of still recovering, which you know oh. as you know from someone who literally has just taken kind of two weeks to finally get through COVID. I have a lot of sympathy with. So he gets a free pass from me. Yeah, also it sounds like he's been spending a lot of his time this week touring young Swedish players around our training ground. So, Oh, yeah, very um, nice. Props for that as well. <laughs> he's, trying, he's too involved in the transfers to be worrying about what's on the pitch. Um, um, 
Can I just quickly ask you guys something about Hoybier, actually, because this is um, just as in a sort of related, but sort of an aside. Now we know he's definitely saying one of the weird things that I don't like. I understand if people don't like Hoybier and they don't like his style of play or they don't think he's suited to the system or whatever. But the thing that loads of people seem to say about him that he, they think he hides in games, and I literally don't understand that. I don't feel like I've ever seen that. Yeah, I almost feel like it's the opposite. Like he yeah. tries to get involved too much, and then yeah, makes horrible he, mistakes. He, yeah, he makes a lot <laughs> yeah. of mistakes. When that happened against Man City, and it happened, there was a, a spell last night where he did it again, where he gave the ball away like three times in succession. It's like I think, yeah, I think it's sometimes the opposite. I know he has a lot of um, a lot of people say like in the in the like very biggest moments, like defending, he sometimes um, doesn't go towards the ball. He kind of shields off a little bit or blames someone else, but. Um, yeah, I think it's the other way around sometimes. I think he tries to get involved a little bit too much for his limitations. Yeah, so we we love a trier anyway. I did love I did love last night, and this was actually probably the highlight of the whole match, um, the Brendan Johnson celebration, which is probably one of our best ever <laughs> celebrations. But if you watched if you watched that celebration, Hoybier was really in for it, and there's been a few times this year when he's kind of looked a bit like sort of lost from the team, but mm. he was really, he was proper involved in that celebration. And I think this is probably like the last half the season we're ever going to get from Hoybier and he's never ever he's barely ever been injured in the three or three or four years that he's been here so yeah it's been really good so it's definitely coming is what you're saying yeah definitely quick shout for Johnson as well right yeah yeah it was the player you know being discussed in the pub beforehand and I think we when it was announced that he wasn't starting it, I think a lot of people were like, it's probably the right decision. He's played more football than we expected him to play this season. And he's also, you know, given his pace, is an amazing impact sub sub to have. Um, and I think we've touched on... Uh, and also, you know, that £50 million price tag is quite big, isn't it? Um, so we do need some goals from him. But yeah, he took that fucking brilliantly. Um, and yeah, if he can link with Werner... And you know, Son Son back soon as well. And Madison now. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so fast. Like I you know, yeah. I like I love Richarlison and I thought he was also great last night. But th- at some point I do really wanna see Timo, Son and Brennan front three. I feel like that w- that could really scare quite a lot of teams. Yeah, I think so. And I think I have a feeling that might be Andy's first front choice from free by the end of the season is out. I just feel like that's going to be danger yeah. all over the place. Because also, I think some of the things, one of the things that people have really noticed and complained about is the way we don't seem to just take any shots. And if you've got Sun as the striker, that's not happening because he will take a shot. Yeah, I think that was the most uh, frustrating thing in that first half, wasn't it? That we, it felt like we were trying to score the perfect goal. Um, just yeah, like, we're like a parody of like the old like Arsenal teams, like trying yeah. to walk the ball in. Yeah, yeah, we really were trying to walk the ball in. And I think even that Richarlison goal was kind of weirdly walked in, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. it was it was quite slow. Um, so, but yeah, oh God, we ne- we did miss Son in that first half. We really did because uh, we needed someone just to just have a crack. And I think as well, like M- Madison, that will come from Madison because he's only just come back from injury. Um, we need him to start having more shots, you know, from that edge of the box place that he loves shooting from. But I also think that's what was really lovely about Brennan's goal as well, because it was incredibly direct. Yeah, and, just, and that was there's, there's nothing you could do about it. 
that was a really underrated cross by Timo Werner as well. Yeah, it was much more, I think it was much more difficult than it looked. You had to be like the goalkeeper and a defender and like slide it in. Um, obviously, the finish was easy, but it, I think the cross was was uh, underratedly hard. I so totally good. agree. Yeah, wasn't it the same in his assist in the United game? Right? Was yeah, again yeah. looked similar. Kind of, yeah, actually, really, really good. And it's really annoying because he got robbed of that Udogi assist because Udogi had a shot before that got deflected and got back into him. So kind of counts as like a half assist type thing, but it doesn't count on like if you've got Werner on FPL, it doesn't count. But it's just totally but in our hearts, assist. it counts. Yeah, exactly. In our hearts, it counts. <laughs> yeah, I thought that did count. And then he'd have had three assists in three games, right? Yeah, they, yeah they're taking it off him, which is really annoying. <laughs> Ooh. I'm, I'm sticking with it, man. It's not a bad start, really. If we can get, a, if we can get an assist every sort of other game out of him. I think yeah, it's brilliant. Then, I think he's made that loan. That that loan is like it's already worth it. Yeah, that's exactly concerned. what I was going to say. It was, a, it was like a no risk loan. He's already he's already made it worth it in three games. And um, I don't know if you guys saw the interview after with him. He just seems like a really lovely guy. And he also gives, word, gives, boost, gives me boost gumps. Boost gumps instead of goosebumps, <laughs> which is just brilliant. And um, the fact that he's going to be fifteen point six million in summer, it's like it's a no brainer, really, isn't it? It's yeah, just, it's ridiculous. You can't get anything for that these days. Just do it. He looks, he seems at home, um, and I think he. I would just, I'd do it already. I'd do it tomorrow if we had to to, to to make that permanent. I agree. We got such like you just get such. You know, I know we've like massively overused the word vibes this season, but you get such nice vibes off him, don't you? Like the way he talks about it, he's really honest. And it seems like he really just wanted to come here straight away because not, you know, not to be like, oh, because it's Tottenham or whatever. But he just wanted to come somewhere where he had like the chance to prove himself again and to actually play and to do what he's what he is best at. And I think, you know, did you guys see those like pictures of him like playing the cello as well? Like, come on, man. Yeah, he's, he's uh, so, so delightfully man. nerdy. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like a massive, he's a massive gamer. As well, isn't he? Is he? like, he's a proper <laughs> yeah he's a massive gamer like, he's real into like twitch streaming and stuff so yeah proper i mean there's nerd. like a whole <laughs> thing like I, I have no idea about that world but you know yeah pretty cute but i also think again like that cross i can't remember what i feel like i was watching a game whatever game it was that was on like on tuesday and you know when you see crosses just put in and the, and the defenders are like either side of their striker. And you know that they're they're exactly where they have to be. But the goal is going to happen anyway because there's nothing you could do about it because the cross is too good. And I just feel like that, like that's the kind of thing that Timo is going to give us. Yeah. And I saw someone say if like, if KDB had done that cross, it would be a lot more, people would be talking about it a lot <laughs> yeah. more because it's like Burnham's <laughs> like, it's almost gone unnoticed. And just again, man, we just love a really fast runner, don't we? Yeah, that is, and especially Ange does as well. So it's yeah. like, it's perfect. It's perfect. And um, I also, I know he was sort of um, the main character of the match, but you doggy had a bit of a game, didn't he, man? That was, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, we, yeah. we've got, we've got to, to talk about, about you, doggy. Yeah. We have Let's to, do we it. Because <laughs> that was a game that had everything for him, wasn't it? <laughs> I consider that the risk reward of the like massively overly inverted fullback system basically because you get the yeah. great stuff you get the goals and the assists and then you also get him wandering in midfield and giving the ball away twice in like critical situations and, yeah and also if you're gonna put make like if you're gonna build your entire team around a 21 year old who's playing his first eves in the Premier League like that's it's gonna happen now and then and 
ended up not costing us. And also what I love about it is it's really showed his character because after straight after he, he scored and obviously every time he got the ball, he was really driving forward as he always does. But um, I think it said a lot about his character. And there's actually quite an interesting thing where um, the, in the in the second goal where he gives it back to Tony, um, like Van der Ven tells him to pass it back. I don't think yes. Van der Ven sees to, yeah. Tony either. So it's a, you know, it's just one of those. I don't even. I, I don't know what Tony was doing back there. By the way, like, why is he so deep at that point in the game? Like, there's no one around there, so I don't know what he was doing. But um, yeah, I just think it's one of those one of those things you have to chalk off to having a, a 21 year old player in your team, and it, it will happen. Very- it was a very long pass back to try and make, wasn't it? He wasn't very near Vicario at all. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I also didn't spot Tony. But yeah, it was a it was a howler. And I think first half, I have to say, he was driving me nuts, um, a dog, a doggy, because um, he was sort of making a great run and then just getting to the edge of the box and not. He know he doesn't really cross much. Um, he just kind of he wants to run in unless he can run into the box, and obviously. But he's what, not. Really, he doesn't ever really go wide, does he? Once he's no. kind of that far up the pitch, and that's the system, I guess, right? Yeah, um, yeah, he was driving me crazy, but yeah, I was so pleased when he got his goal as as like redemption. Yeah, One thing then... I did love was um, I know, I know he didn't have the greatest game. And he obviously came off at half time. But there was one moment where I genuinely, like, I thought Benson Cole was going to score, like, the same goal he scored against United. Because he just, like, danced through. Because you sort of, you need players like him. And I know he's, like, not up to speed or anything. But, like, with that, like, horrible low block, like, you need players who are going to try to, like, weave their way through, I think. Yeah. And there was also one moment, I think it was literally in the first five minutes where um, him and Madison played, like, a one-two off each other. And it's like... yes. The first seeds of what's going to be an, an incredible. It was like thing. little, like writing like little sonnets to each other, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna <laughs> happen one day. It's gonna happen. It is, and, um, We're just gonna have to be that little bit more patient than we wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I think speaking of the, the midfield, I just think we're really missing our uh, our Saar boy, and I think yep. it's going to be. I think that midfield of those three, which we might see against Everton, is going to be really special, and I really can't wait for it. Because I also think Saar does so much covering. For our mad fullback. That's it. He's he that high line is works because Sar is there to like mm-hmm. to mop up a lot of the stuff on the right and stuff. And we didn't have that last night. And it really, really showed, especially in the first half. They, yeah. they could have had like two <laughs> or three goals. And um yeah. It was a bit of a hairy one. But um I, I really do think Sar is a lot more important to our team than some people realise. Definitely. But also, uh we should have had four goals because Richie's goal was chalked off for like a light grazing of knees. I believe. That's yeah, a, and did you see that's that? That's a foul, you... but like getting in Vicario's way and blocking him is not a, is not a foul. Uh, what are what are rules? I don't know. I I can't remember the name of the player now. I forget some of the name. But do you see there was like a there was like a free kick before that, and then Richie like um, lightly <laughs> yeah. tapped him in the in the chest, and he went down like he went down like as if he'd been shot. And then yeah. obviously that happens. It's just a joke, man. And he, the referees fall for it every time. Um, and, and while we're on that topic, the Norgard who got booked in the first mm-hmm. half. And then he went on to make nine fouls. Two of them were like as Stonewall yellow cards you're ever likely to see. And one of them was even given as a foul. It's just like infuriating. That game should have been uh, 11 men versus 10 men, like pretty much all of the second half. And it's just like, it's another really, frust- I thought the referee had a terrible job overall, actually. I thought he had no control of the game whatsoever. And um, yeah. it's just another refereeing performance, which is like completely shafted us because that should not have been a close game because Norgard should have been sent off like two or three different times. He totally lost control, didn't he, the ref? I had to actually check who the number six was, and it was, yeah, Nor- Norgard. Um, him and Tony in that first half, but, like, were just... 
fouling us so much and what and winding us up. Uh, I couldn't believe Norgard didn't go off. It was crazy. Yeah, it was like it was real like supply teacher energy. That whole referee performance. It was <laughs> yeah. really was. Do we need to start writing our letters to PJMOL? Yeah, we really do. We really do. <laughs> um, is there anything left to say about this game? Really, I sort of feel like we're glad to have got out of it alive. I guess just like the the um afterwards like all of our players being on instagram we had like bellingham mm-hmm. and luke little uh we had luke little uh, absolutely um, a massive massive fan of um, are you this is like, new information <laughs> to me bill <laughs> yeah I, I do he's my one of my favorite sports at the moment like tweeting madison and then like Moped listen i the, now um, feel like i understand darts yeah, yeah. like genuinely it, well, it took it, it took a few rounds but now i think i get it it's very quickly becoming the tottenham sports so you have to yeah. now and um <laughs> And then, like, Mope did an Instagram post, like, saying, oh, I've scored more goals and been relegated more times than you, which is, like, true if you count goals from the championship, but not from any. And then, like, all these Everton players were, like, like laughing at his his post. And, like, it's like this divide of footballers. But he had, like, some, like, nobodies from Everton. And we had, like, Bellingham and Littler on our, on our post. So we definitely uh, definitely won that exchange. I think that's part of it, though, isn't it? And that's that's where the sort of weird beef is coming from. Because, like, I think, um, like, our friend Tom was saying, like, it is because we we are like massive now, and obviously we're massive without having like won a trophy in recent years. But you sort of can't deny the Tottenham juggernaut in a way, and it makes everybody really annoyed. Yeah, and I I, I can't remember who said this. It's much more intelligent in the way that they said it, and the way that I'm about to say it. But like, um, I think it might, might have been Jack or someone. I might have even been actually. I think it was Charlie talking about how like Tottenham are like one club that you can you can kind of punch up from and punch down from mm-hmm. at the same time like and we have like this weird space where we're in the top six but we're like the lower end of the top the big six so like the, with like the all the big six can punch down on us and all the bigs you know we punch down onto the rest and there's this weird energy around us that everyone just seems to hate us for no reason and uh yeah i just i guess it's like when you have players like madison and rich Allison on your team you don't remember how much of a like shithouse they both are and they were like i don't know if you've seen the, the incredible videos of rich Allison, like I think he did, there's one time where he did like three separate darts to to Mope during the so good, just amazing. <laughs> but that's what I love is they don't let it wrap. Like I mean, obviously they did get a bit rattled in game, but you can't, you sort of can't defeat them. Yeah, and I think I think the other thing that is rattling opposition fans is the Ange hype. I think yeah. people like couldn't take all the sort of love around Ange, particularly at the start of the season when he won like manager of the month twice in a row. And we we started the season so, so strongly. Like, what was it that that is it that weird Guardian journalist who's a Rangers fan who wrote, wrote that? In, oh, like, yeah. Like you and someone. Yeah. You and Murray. But he wrote yeah. it. Like he can't hurt you anymore, you and he's left. <laughs> he wrote such a strange piece about yeah. Ange. Um, and and on him, I think the only other thing I wanted to say about the match was that obviously he does make game changing subs. Um, yes, at half time as well, which is brilliant. Yeah, to see a like double sub at half time, and admittedly, I was a bit sad that Benton had to come off, but he was terrible. Um, and yeah, he made he made like changed the tactics, changed the game, and I think there was that quote afterwards that someone said he said to us, "If you score one, you're going to score two or three. Yeah, um, but that was in and, Brennan's post-match interview, I think. Yeah. yeah, and it came in at like within nine minutes because our tails were up. We had the com- we had confidence, you know. Um, also, they and- believed it, and that's such a lovely thing to see, isn't it? That their manager can say that to them, and they're like, "Oh, you're right. We can totally do that." Yeah, 
I would really, really have loved to have seen what he said at halftime. So I imagine he went absolutely fucking ballistic at them. And then, <laughs> do you think he did, or do you think he does do, like a sort really, of disappointed dad? I think a bit of, I think a bit of both. Yeah, and I think when he goes full, I imagine he went full barrels because we were shocking in that first half, and then the way that they came out after like literally thirty seconds, they def- I think they definitely got it. Definitely got it from him. I love that man. I love it. Um, yeah, just one. Yeah, I guess the only other thing to say about the sort of post-game sort of needle social media nonsense is I do also really love how Vicario seems so gentle and mild-mannered, but is actually like well up for it. That's another thing. I also need I need to know what he said to Ivan Tony because <laughs> Ivan Tony is fucking furious. <laughs> like, I know there's a few like fake quotes through the round, which obviously aren't true, but yeah. Sadly, people are like lip reading Tony saying that's too far, like something. Like, <laughs> I really, I really need to know what he said. He made Vicario made a couple of excellent saves as well. I think mm-hmm. again, we're just getting used to it now, but he does every game. There's a couple of unreal saves. Yeah, an absolute king. All right, my one concern coming out of that game is Madison played nearly ninety minutes and was like dying, like at the end of it do if we're looking ahead to Everton annoyingly like a very short turnaround they'll have had like a day's extra rest than us and it's like a 12 30 kickoff a nightmare um do we think he is going to start again what do we think the lineup is going to be Billy thoughts um I think he probably will start again yeah I think so just because we'd have any um, other yeah if GM we really if need him. Was, yeah if it's also was fit then maybe then maybe we see a difference, or maybe he would play Kuliseski there. I, I just think now Madison's fit, he's going to play every single game for us in the season. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, I do think that Saar will probably come straight in, start hopefully, just because he's so massively important to us. I think it'll be the same team, maybe other than um, Saar for Skip, and I think that'll pretty much be it. I really hope Skip can start. Um, and just the sentence if Lacelso was fit, I mean, it's just a huge if. <laughs> Never happening. Yeah, oh, I don't. I, I just I know, at this um, point, I feel bad. Like I don't even, you know, it just makes me I, sad for him. Yeah, and I know a few people thought like Dragashin would start against one of the two games, but I just no. I can't see it happening anytime soon. You're not going to break up Romero and Van der Ven. Like it's just it's not going to happen. I'm afraid unless one of them gets suspended, which is highly likely in the next few games. Um, I can't see anything happening along there either. So you think Star's going to start? I think if anyone's going to start that didn't start last night, it's, the only change will be Saar. Yeah. Although, although to be fair, he could go Hoybier after he had a pretty decent game. It'll it be one of those two that'll come in, I think. Um, if, if I imagine for Skip. Yeah, I could see it more likely to be, yeah, sort of Saar star at the very least gets like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And then if he's knackered at the end of that. Um, Saar just like, he, has, he just doesn't get knackered, does he? He's like a, he's an absolute, like, ridiculous... Yeah, I mean, um, he's like 20 years old, machine. so he yeah, literally he's like shouldn't. The, he's like insanely fit, so <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't surprise if he just started straight away, to be honest. We've How are you got... feeling about the game? I was going <laughs> to say um, two quick things. Dan Juma, who did cause us, like, it, it, that got all game about that, him. Yeah, Dan Juma, we came on, didn't he, in the home game just before oh, yeah. Christmas, which was one of the... Oh, my, uh, toughest games I've ever watched and remember like Deitch made a switch ends because uh, apparently that's something he always does no matter who oh, wins yeah. the toss. Like, like, well like if he wins the toss he makes you switch ends 
Um, although I did like the kind of camaraderie between Deitch and uh, Big Ange before before the game last time. But when Dan Juma came on for like literally the last 10 minutes, we just were not tracking him at all. Um, so there's a bit of a narrative there. Um, but I would say general, gen, generally we need to win this one and then we've got quite a good run and we need to kind of make hay while the sun shines. We've got Everton away, Brighton at home, which isn't easy, but they did just get thrashed by Luton. Um, yeah, what a delightful day that was. So and then good. Wolves and Palace at home um, in quite quick succession. And then, stupidly, I did look ahead to April and May. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've... Oh, yeah. Because oh, obviously do our Chelsea game is getting um, rescheduled. Yeah, so we'll probably have Chelsea, City, Arsenal, Liverpool in a row. Yeah. Like, genuinely, that probably yeah. will happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't don't do it to yourself. Don't look ahead. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not thinking about April, it. April, May, but February, March is all right. So we've got to we've got to get points on the board in that time. And Saturday's the last game we have without Sun, isn't it? Because then yeah, then will be back. Whatever happens. Yeah. And um, sure. Everton are in really really bad form at the moment. I know they had that really good run when they got the point stock. Um, I don't think they've won in the league since the 16th of December. So. They're in Here really we go. bad form. They're in really, really bad form. So yeah. I think yeah. we have to win it, or at least we can't lose it. A, a draw wouldn't be like an absolute disaster, but I, I would hope we would win that game. Yeah, which is what we don't want to happen is for the things terrible, to like flip, do we? Because we've taken advantage yeah. of the fact that Villa slipped up. And, yeah. it, and it could easily reverse again because they've got like Burnley or something. Yeah, and the, the home game we were we were pretty dreadful against Everton, and um, we were I, really lucky. Yeah, I'd I think, literally I think, I'd wipe that game from my memory. Like I honestly I couldn't I remember, remember scored, that we honest, had but... played them already. Yeah, I can't really remember who scored at all, but um, I know that like, they're back. It, it was two days before Christmas, wasn't it? And I just yeah. I turned to Linton who I sit with afterwards and just went, "That was horrible." But it was yeah, like it was awful. It was <laughs> awful, and they were all over us near the end. Yeah. So okay. Do what's their like? What is what is even their sort of striker situation? Is Calvert Lewin like alive? I yeah, just I think he's been. He did play. He's been playing. It, it, they drew with Fulham this week, uh, mm. midweek, uh, nil nil, and yeah, Calvert Lewin was playing. I mean, that is two teams who that, um, find it very difficult to score. And they've got that Beto, who has been pretty terrible as well lately. So yeah, I'm not not too worried about them. To be honest, we really should have to win this game. Yeah, and I feel more confident now that we, because I was nervous about our sort of lack of firepower, but given that we scored three goals last night, I feel feel more encouraged by it, really. And I feel like, if Ver, especially if Werner's kind of getting into the groove of things and we can bring on Brennan against sort of tiring legs, that's, you know, kind of do what is actually the plan, right? Or what should have been the plan from the beginning instead of sort of knackering that poor kid out. Okay, may I have your predictions then? Tom, because I know you love him. You know, I hate this bit. Um, <laughs> 2 0. Okay. Sure. Very nice. Score is? Um, oh, shit. Yeah, Werner. I'd love Werner to get his goal. Oh, that'd be so nice. And I mean, Richarlison, who we, we touched on briefly there, but yeah. seven in seven, right? Yeah. Um, eight, eight now. Eight and eight and seven. Eight and seven. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. So yeah, Richie, another one for Richie. And I, th- yeah, I've been banging on about, I just want 10 goals from him and he's very, You're going to get it. Yeah, You're going to get, get it. it. 
you know, I'd, I'm, I'm, I think we can revise our, our um, yeah. wish list. I think we can, we can ask for 15, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Um, yeah, at what point is everybody just allowed to say Richarlison is good now? Now is that point? Surely, yeah. like Even though been... Billy, you just said you don't think he's going to be the, in the first choice front front three. Yeah, now, yeah, I think. No, sorry, sorry, I, I must have misheard that. I do think he's going to. I think it's going to be Son, him, and Vern. I think it's no, going to be him, the, Son, in, and Vern in the future. Yeah, I think it's going to be him, Son, and Werner for the rest of the oh, season. Oh, do yeah. you? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I. That's my. Oh, with Brennan, um, they're coming on as a sub. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, now he's just like he was unbelievable last night. I mm -hmm. think he was. I know Werner got the. He got the. Sky man in the match, but then got the vote man in the match. But I think it was definitely Richardson, and um, I think he'll probably score on Saturday and just not do a celebration. Do you remember like last the Everton game? He scored, but he kind of did like a half celebration, then stopped celebrating. And then after the game, he went over to the Everton fans because obviously he has a massive like they absolutely adore him, and it's they really love nice. Him. They, love they love him, him. and I, so I think he'll probably score and then just not celebrate, which will be which is I like to see stuff like that. To be yeah, man, I'm down for that. If it's actually real, you know, and it's not just like, oh, I used to play for that club. It's like he probably yeah. did save them from relegation. So, yeah. And um, it's a shame that we won't, because um, I, I always look for this fixture at the, uh, at the season because of Dele Ali and like, he's not, yeah. you know, he's not injured. He's, he's injured at the moment. So it's just not going to happen. But I would love, I can't wait to get to see Dele Ali again. Like, so we've, we've he only had that sort of one game where Hugo gave him like a tour of the stadium. But, oh, yeah. um, I don't think he's I don't think he's played against us since that. So I would, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that again at some point. But it's not going to happen on Saturday, unfortunately. Also, on the just on the when can we can, when when can we say Richarlison is actually amazing? Uh, he's still got more goals than any of Arsenal's forwards, and mm -hmm. I fuck, cannot believe they haven't bought in January. Really, um, oh good, I, isn't it? Nobody's was, bought. I was really worried that they were going to win the league if um, if they'd bought IE Tony or a proper striker. But yeah, Saka's only got seven goals, Richarlison's got eight, and the stick Richarlison gets is crazy. And you know, starting the season, it you know he was a he was a flop to all intents and purposes as a signing. Um, so yeah, amazing. And um, he's scored more goals than any Brazilian in the top five leagues this season. So. He's wow. the, uh, the best Brazilian at the moment. And um, yeah, I just, I think even if he wasn't scoring, like his overall players, it's improved a load anyway. But he is also. I love scoring watching it. him. I think his, like, yeah. his hold up play is so good. His running is so intelligent. Like, genuinely, it's like he's a gift to have in the team, I think. And I think he really, really is suited to Antibod as well. And I think, yeah. I know this would be a much, much wider conversation in summer, but. Like who would you buy right now that would fit us better at the moment? Like I just can't really see anyone that we could realistically buy that would do a better job right now. And I know that conversation will probably open up again in the summer, but I just um if you think about the strikers that we could realistically afford and realistically buy, I I can't see many doing a better job than he's currently doing, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. And also because we don't the thing is we don't want somebody like Tony either. Like I, I can't I can't see a world in which and it's like, yeah, that's my guy. I mean, maybe I've, you know, we could be completely wrong, I suppose. I just think, I don't really want that dude on my team. Um, yeah. It's just quickly as well, um, you mentioned like no one's bought anyone. We, Ornstein exclusive, while we're on air, oh. we have got a Swedish lad. We've got we him. No yeah. fucking way. Are you serious? David, yeah, David Ornstein exclusive. Just Holy shit. Oh, my God. 
Swedish oh talent <laughs> Lucas Bergvall picks Tottenham over Barcelona. Fee approaching ten million euros plus add-ons, and he's joining in the summer on a five-year deal. Fucking oh, Kulisewski has been working overtime. And see, Fabio that's why he's tired. It's Did you see that Ro- Romano tweeted yesterday that the Spurs have been calling him every hour, which just <laughs> yeah. makes me laugh. Like Listen, persistence kid, pays alone, off. Right? Yeah, that's what happens when you're 17, though. You can be totally won over by that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, that's fucking, this is a, a a mid. There you go. We've never. I don't think we've ever had that before. A mid pod transfer. That's fucking brilliant. It's absolutely that's really, amazing. Because also, I, I was I, literally going to ask you guys how you were feeling about the transfer window. How are you feeling? Fucking brilliant. Now. Incredible. Like, you know what? I, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I purposely, I was speaking to Charlie about this literally today. I, I've not looked at anything about this kid because mm-hmm. I got really invested in Noosa and I'm not doing it again. And now I can, I can go home and watch plenty of YouTube videos of this guy. So I can't wait. So fucking good. Okay. So let's just like, okay. So Billy, remind me of who this kid is. So he's a 70, I don't know much about him because like I said, I literally have forced myself forcibly not well, don't want to get my heart broken. It's like a 17-year-old creative midfielder, and he is apparently like insanely highly weighted, like a, a massive wonder kid. And it was like nailed on going to Barcelona to the point where he's literally in Barcelona right now. Oh um, and then we've some we've somehow to it's like I th- from what I get, I haven't done extensive research, but I think he's like a proper Barcelona midfielder type player. And it's just like yes. nailed on that he's going there. And um We've somehow fucking turned it around, and it's, it's, it's glorious. I really oh did not see God, that coming. Oh my god, this is so good! Right, set to Flower Friday for medical and to sign five years. Yeah. Arrives in summer to join the first team squad. Oh my god! Yeah, I think this. I think this could be a real, a real clue. I think it's actually you know, one of those sort of Modric type deals. Um, yeah, very exciting. And now I'm actually going to go and watch everything that he's ever done. Okay, and, perfect. Um, it's, like, it's like I can't get my heart broken now. <laughs> Tom, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm chuffed. Um, yeah, like Ver- we saw Werner pay off yesterday, didn't yeah. we? Like, like, like you just said, he that is like that deal, whatever we, we, you know, covering his wages and whatever the fee was, has already been worth it with Son out for those assists he's had. Um, and then I can't lie, I'd have liked a couple out. <laughs> That's uh, been the me- when you say a couple, you mean Brian Hill and Skip. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't co-sign that. But I will. I'm with you on Brian because, really, Brian, we've literally signed three wingers Brian this and, year. Yeah, why and, are you well, here? There's also just like random loans, isn't there? Where like ta- we still own Tanganga, who's gone to Millwall, uh, Regalon at Brentford. Um, you know, good to get them away from the place, but it's annoying we can't get any permanent deals yeah. done. But we can rethink that in summer. Oh, and Villiz is going to yeah, Seville, right? Yeah. Which see, which maybe that's why they were like, no, we're not, we're not taking Brian, but can we have this other kid instead? So that's fair. I feel like that's a nice move for him. He needs to play. Yeah, he needs to play, and clearly, and seemingly, they promised playing time mm-hmm. um, uh, by by sort of uh, taking him on loan. I, you know, yeah, Dane Scarlett has been on the bench, but I guess when we're at full strength, he's he's not going to make the bench really because we're going to have options once Son's back. Having options, having options. What a concept. All right. Fucking amazing, amazing um, vibes. Yeah. And in answer to your original question, I think this has been, uh, it's been an excellent transfer window Mm -hmm. and we're probably like the most active team in the, in the country. And um, we got the deals that we needed to do early. And one of them has already paid off because the Werner's um, kept us in a cup one game and won the other one. And 
Um, we signed a really, really decent centre back early doors. We beat Bayern Munich. We beat Barcelona. Like, what is going on? What is? I know what's happening to this football Feels club. Feels like a what, trap. I feel like Ange can just like if he, anyone who he picks the phone up to is they're signing. Like, it's it's done. Yeah. Um, I I really want to by the at some point in my life just have one of those Ange phone calls. That's what I want before. Oh, my, we're going to make it happen for you, Bill. Yeah. All right. I, really, I feel like this needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that is my one wish of life. I just want an Ange phone call. Okay. You're going to join, mate, whatever happens. Uh, yep, I'll do it. <laughs> okay, noted. We're going to make this happen for you. Um, lovely stuff. All right, let's wrap it up with some culture then. Tom, what are you up to? Uh, I am just about to finish the book that I didn't realise that you'd recommended, or I'd forgot that you recommended and then my mum bought me, uh, which is Demon Copperhead. Uh, <gasps> have you, how have you been feeling? Barbara Kingsolver. Kingsolver, yeah. Um. I'm only two chapters from the end. I'm going to finish it tonight. <gasps> oh my God. Um, okay. And I mean, it's a tough read. It is yeah. bleak. Like it's really bleak, but there is amazing heart in it. And the way she depicts these characters in um, redneck America, because I can say that because it's kind of that phrase is tackled in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, so, so good. And I've been recommending it to everyone and going, yes. yes! It's 600 pages and it's like... Worth every single word. Yeah. yeah, And it's dark at times, but I've flown through it and I'm Mm -hmm. a pretty slow reader. But yeah, honestly, so good. Demon Copperhead. I'm Um, so glad you loved it. Just a quick question. Have you ever... Have you read um, David Copperfield? No, I can't lie. I really liked the film with um, Armando Inucci did with um, Dev Patel in the lead. Um, I really, yeah, I loved that film, but I do need to. I think once I finished it at Demon Copperhead, I'm gonna go to the Wikipedia and just kind of figure out what is most. Mm-hmm. Like. It's very, it sticks. Uh, David Copperfield is is a book that's also very dear to my heart. Um, it sticks very, very closely. Does it? Okay. The plot, yeah, like th- like the characters kind of match almost exactly. Really? So it's quite, yeah, so it's quite weird. Like as I was reading it, I was like. Oh yeah, this is this person, and this is this, and she doesn't, you know, it's not hidden in any way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, a really interesting concept. It's a, yeah, like if, she makes if, it work. If, yeah, modern day retelling of David Copperfield. I presumed because it's so good that the inspiration was kind of small because I thought there's no way it can be this good and stick to the the characters from the original. But yeah, it's one of the best books I've read in ages. And then just the only other thing is I've started, oh, two other things. Dragon's Den's back. Excellent. <laughs> Everyone knows I love that. <laughs> really good episode with Gary Neville. He was annoyingly likable on it. Mm. Uh, guest guest dragon. And then I started Masters of the Air, which is the new Band of Brothers type thing. I <laughs> complained about this on literally on the last pod, um, but are you enjoying it? Sorry, I'm only I, one episode in, so I've, I've watched two, and I can't lie; it's quite hard to tell who anyone is because it's just a lot of quite similar-looking men. And That's they wear... very much the Band of Brothers. Have you ever seen Band of Brothers? Yeah, no, I did. Because I did you know them. how, like, you don't know who anyone. Like, I've, as I was yeah. saying last week, I've watched that show like 20 times, so I know I, I'm like, I'm very invested in all of those people, and I know and who they all are. It took more... me like two goes through before I knew who everybody was. They've made it even more complicated because the two lead, lead characters are called Buck and Bucket yeah. um, that are played by Austin Butler, who I haven't seen in anything because I haven't seen the Elvis, but he's very good. And uh, the guy that's been linked with Dua Lipa, I would know that. And now I can't remember his name. Callum, Callum Turner. 
Turner. Turner? Yeah, he's yeah. he's British. Yeah. Yeah, they're both very good, the leads. And then you've got Barry Keoghan and um, uh, lots of other, uh, Raph Law, Jude Law's very son who looks exactly like Jude Law. Oh, right. Is he, oh, maybe he wasn't in the first episode or I just didn't notice him. He's one of the um, ground crew. Maybe he's in it more. Oh, yeah. But, Barry um, is very good. But, like the thing is with Barry Keoghan is he has absolutely like, like period movie face. Like he fits exactly in that era. You're like, oh, yeah. you belong here. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, and there's some good moustaches and good flight hits. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I did really enjoy the first two of that. I think it's out every Friday from here on Apple TV Plus. Mm-hmm. And also it looks incredible. It looks obviously. amazing. Yeah. Spielberg's produced it and Carrie, what's his name? Build. Do you know his surname? Um, the True Detective director. He did um, the first series of True Detective. Um so- no, I can't remember. Um, everyone, everyone will know who we mean. The guy who di- yeah. the, basically the guy who directed the first season of True Detective and was in like fact fun, responsible like, for the fact it that like, it was good. Begins with F, right? I'm sure. Yeah, it's like fun, the fun claim, fun kajar, fun claim or something like that. Yeah, um, he's directed it, and it's yeah, it's beautifully shot. Obviously, cost mm-hmm. quid, it's so good. Yeah, Bill, what about you? Uh, well, speaking of True Detective, I really need to watch the new series of True Detective because apparently it's amazing. And yeah, I'm actually going to give that one a go. Having yeah, not been, I'm, I'm not a True Detective person, as you guys can imagine, but that yeah. I, I will watch. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that at some point. Um, but I've been watching another t- TV series, which is um, Kin on iPlayer, um, mm-hmm. which is an Irish um, crime show. And I, yeah, it's just made for me, basically. It's like an Irish, it's basically like Gamora and a bit like Top Boy. And um, Everybody's super into it. this show. Yeah, I know. It's really weird. And you know what's really weird about it is it's got um, Charlie Cox as yeah. dad in it, who's brilliant and an incredible Irish accent. Oh, wow. And okay. now I, I am never going to be able to watch Daredevil again now because he's just like so good in this program. I can never see, I can only see him in this program now. And I'm, I'm a massive Daredevil fan. I just can't, I can't see beyond this character in Kin now, who's like the main character of the show. It's really, really good. Um, he's going to bring like, you so, back. He's such a charismatic yeah, dude, man. I, I love, he's an Arsenal fan now. He's an Arsenal fan. Oh, it's really upsetting. Well, he's yeah. fucking brilliant. And he's got, his Irish accent is insanely good. Amazing. And obviously, um, there's a few, there's a, I forget the name of the woman. She's brilliant as well. She's in a film called, um, I think it's her film called Herself, and she's got the birthmark on her. Um, she's she's got a birthmark on her face, but she's an absolutely incredible actress. I, I really can't remember the name of her, but she's unbelievable in skin as well. Um, so I've been watching that, and I also watched All of Us Strangers last night, which is oh, in fucking incredible, and it's yeah. got like absolutely fucking snubbed at the Oscars somehow. And I think it just sort of maybe came out as slightly too late to be in the Oscars race, but. I don't know how on earth they're both not nominated for this film, um, Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal, because they're both absolutely sensational in it. It's a really, really interesting story. I think it's based on like a Japanese ghost story um, book, um, and it's about um, uh, uh, two gay guys that fall in love with each other, and one of the gay guys keeps visiting his childhood home and like seeing ghosts of his parents, and it's just... And it, Oh, it's such a good film. It's really, really good. Um, it's one of the best of the Oscars films that I've seen this year. Um, I would highly, highly recommend anyone checking it out. And I just, Paul Mascal, is just, he hasn't got a single foot wrong in his career so far. I don't think he ever will. He's just an insanely hit-rated actor at the moment. He's having such an interesting career, isn't he? I really, because he could just be sort of shunted. Off. I feel like both him and Barry Keoghan have sort of learnt from yeah. Colin Farrell's experience. Do you remember when Colin Farrell kind of burst onto the scene and everyone was like, you have to be like the sexy new dude. And he was like, actually, I yeah. don't really like this. And so they're very much like, we're not going to do that. We're going to yeah, do work like that proper, we like. 
he's like a proper actor's actor, isn't he? He's done like mm. stage, he's done like the stage, and he's done like just worked with like really um, interesting directors. And I don't think he'll ever like sell out and become like a Hollywood Hollywood guy. I think he's just happy to play these like incredibly depressed men for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. They, they both they both love it, man. Depressed weirdos. Theatre things, Andrew Scott, and I'm glad he's getting his uh, flowers. Oh, it's- he, I think they both got nominated for BAFTA Best Actor, but they got absolutely, I don't know, if you if you watch this film, it, you'll struggle to see two better acting performances this year, I think. They're just incredible, both of them, um, as we obviously knew that they would be. Also, very good chicken shop date with Amelia Thingy just launched with uh, uh, Paul Mescal, where he comes across. Oh, nice. He's a very likable guy, isn't he? Yeah, because I heard him on um, Off Menu podcast and he was insanely likable. And um, obviously, he's just like ridiculously attractive as well. So I'll I'll definitely watch that chicken shop date. Outrageous. Not allowed. Billy, we're going to need your ranking of um, Oscar movies at some point soon, actually, because... Like yeah, I next, think I've got, next month, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I've got I've got two to go. No, three okay. to go that I haven't seen. Which I'm, one of them I've seen in the weekend, which is um, American Fiction. I've not seen yet. Oh, and, I can't wait to see that. I know, so, and the Zone of Interest as well, which mm. is going to be a a real experience. I think. So yeah, I'm very much really... not up for seeing that. I have to say, I'm interested to I, hear your thoughts. Yeah, I will definitely see it, but I will um, both regret it and enjoy the fact that I managed to experience it at the same time because it's going to mm. be going to be a heavy one. But yeah, yeah, tough but really interesting one. I'm going to do past lives, I think, this weekend. Oh, man, that is fucking... It's now like that, that... And it's under two hours, isn't it? Yeah, that could well be That could well be the number one in, in my mind. So, yeah, it's definitely up there. Definitely, definitely up there. It's a really, really strong year this year. It's really, really strong. Like All ten films are really, really good. So it's going to be... I know Oppenheim is obviously going to win, but um, yeah. let's, let's at least pretend that it's going to be a race. Um, brilliant. Um, I don't have anything to add because we podded on monday and i've only watched football since um well actually i've watched one thing which is that i've got my kids into bake-off which weirdly i've i've not watched i was very into it when it was um originally on the bbc and then i didn't watch it once they made the move to channel four in a sort of weird like i don't i don't want these new people involved but it's actually really delightful obviously it's a delightful show so um we're just playing catch up basically with the last season so no spoilers please but that is it from me thank you so much guys um billy see us out of the spurs 